night. This is this this is pillar night, if you want to call it that, or or uh, well, we don't call it. Uh, it this is the this is for the 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 mature, the uh, the the call, the chosen and the faithful. This is the this is the ones that really want to go on with God in in this in on Sunday night. Amen. And so. Uh, Praise God. We're going to do that. We're going to go on tonight. We're going to take new ground. We're going to go further. We're going to, uh, we're going to go where we need to go as a church, as a church body. The, ch the body of Christ is a powerful thing. Uh, I love corporate faith. I love the corporate anointing. It's a, it's a blessing. It's, a, uh, it's, not, it's not as good to be home and be a lone ranger. A lot of people, I can, I can be a Christian at home. Yeah, but you'll never be a very strong one or never be a very powerful one because one can put a thousand to fight and two can be put 10,000. So when I, me and you get together, it's 10 times. And when we add somebody else, it just, it just, it's just exponential. It really is. It, you just, it's without, you cannot even count it. Hallelujah. And so uh, we're powerful together. You could even tell, you know, coming against that storm, you could feel the corporate faith. Hallelujah. And why would you stay, want to stay home hunkered in a corner afraid? Hallelujah. When I was smart as that, you know, I've told you my story about being afraid of thunderstorms when I was, I was a little Baptist girl. I was uh, saved. I've been saved since I was in the fourth grade. I was saved. I was thoroughly saved. I knew I was saved, but I wasn't baptized in the Holy Ghost. And boy, I was afraid of thunderstorms. And, and I was, I, I and, and it wasn't because a lot of people around me were afraid. Um, I didn't know anybody else that was afraid of thunderstorms, but I let it get in. I let a spirit of fear come in when we got caught in a, bad hailstorm and I guess it was a tornado in West Texas on the Saturday before Mother's Day one year and so uh, uh, but and I let that spirit of fear get in but you know I was smart enough to know that to get with somebody that was in faith I was smart enough that their faith would lift my faith up I was smart enough then to know, I didn't know it was called corporate faith then, but I was smart enough, but it was like, get me around somebody that has something, that's believing something, you know? And so we ought to be that smart, oughtn't we? And so uh, praise God, hallelujah. So I love the body of Christ. I, I love y'all. I appreciate every one of you. And and we can't do this, with we, we have to work as a team. We have to go forward as a team in this county. We have to, but we have to do what we've got to do. And there's some things that have got to be done. Uh, in the prayer room today, all day, we've been talking, and I'm going to talk about something else, but I want to just get it kind of lined up with what the Lord's saying tonight. And he told me to just go for it tonight, so I'm going to go for it. The Lord did. Hallelujah. And uh, we were talking in the prayer room this morning about moving forward and uh, going forward and, and and it seems like it's been the theme for the whole weekend Bro uh, brother uh west pointed out that even in the bulletin it talked about under the work we had the little announcement about pre-service prayer it said come help us press forward so the word for the hour for this weekend at word of life church is let's go forward let's move forward hallelujah and so we were talking for overflow amen and now pastor uh, he said it this morning, and this is so true, that when God gives us a word through the prophet, and he was talking on a personal basis, but let's get it on the corporate basis. When God gives the body of Christ a word, like he gave us the word for uh, 2005 of overflow, that means he wants us to contend for it. That means he wants us to press for it. It doesn't mean that it's going to fall on us like ripe cherries off of the tree. And how much you contend for it, and how much you press for it, and how much you refuse to be denied is going to be the depending on how much overflow you're going to have in your life. Amen. I am having overflow every day this year and I hope, I, I know you're contending for it too. And so there's a preparation and so God is wanting to prepare us at the, as a church. And uh, there's some things that have to be cleared out of the way before we can go go to that next degree of glory. There's some things that we have to, some things that have to be cleared out of the way, but then there's some things that have to be uh, uh implemented. Uh, you know, you can, uh, you can be missing God by omission as much as by com commission, if you want to say it that way to make it sound like it goes together. But by commission, in other words, we can sin and that's missing God, but we can also not, not be in sin, but just omitting some things from our lives and be missing God a mile and not getting the overflow we're supposed to have and not the corporate body, not getting to go where it's supposed to go. And the, um, 
us not seeing the degrees of glory that we want to see. Uh, because, see, we live in a society today, and it's in the church. This is big in the church. This is in this church. I'm sorry to say, but this is in this church, and it's got to go, is that attitude of I want the max for the minimum. Now, that's at TJ Maxx. That's their slogan, get the max for the minimum. And that's great for them. But in the church, we can't come in here saying, I want the max, boy, money cometh. I want the overflow and give God the minimum of our lives. That's not going to work with God. Well, listen, folks, Jesus is coming back soon. Uh, the prophets are saying, and... Um, <clears throat> Now, I don't have time to explain this all tonight. I hope I don't have to, Lord. But anyway, uh, Jesus could, I, I, I personally believe, and I'm not prophesying this, so I'm not a false prophet if it doesn't happen. It's just my personal conviction from what God's shown me in the Word of God. I really believe that Jesus could absolutely come back in the year 2007. And it, the, some people say that he's going to come back on or near Rosh Hashanah. Because, and and, and said that's in September. So we would be right two years away from Jesus coming back. Folks, it's, it's, it's Kevin sang the song tonight. It's time. If you don't do something now, it's going to be too late. And it's not just time to praise the Lord. It's time to do some other things in behalf of the Lord. It's, time, it's not life as usual anymore. It's not just keep on carrying on with your life. And, 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 and hallelujah, you're, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to miss God's best if, if you don't alert yourself and change what you're doing. Clear your path. Clear out the obstacles because you want to go to another degree of glory. You're going to have to lay some things aside. Let's just be honest. You're going to literally have to lay some things aside that you've done for recreation, that your children do for recreation, and there's going to have to be a family focus and a church body of Christ focus on this end time thrust that we have two, we have two to five years at the maximum. Right. I asked Joe Morris personally by myself, the prophet of God, I, got, I said, um, Joe, not, 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 I know you're not prophesying this. I'm not trying to pin you down. But in your heart, in what you're believing in your own life, when do you think Jesus is coming back? He said 2007 to 2010. And you know, say, well, I'm voting for the 2010 and I got me, I'll mess around a little bit longer. But, I, you know, it, 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 doesn't, you, it doesn't look like it's going going to be that long. The Bible says, Jesus said, Jesus said, when you see the waves raging, when you see the wind raging, that he specifically said that. You look it up. When you see the wind and waves raging, what have we seen all summer but the wind and waves raging? We've had so many hurricanes, I'm getting the names of them mixed up. You know, and you think, well, you think this one wasn't going to affect us, but here the little tail of it swapped around on Alabama, didn't it? And so the, when you see the wind and you see the waves raging, he said, look up, your redemption draweth nigh. And he gave some other clues in the first part of that chapter. He said, uh, wars and rumors of wars. We have wars. We have rumors of wars. Ru we, have ru we have terrorism rumors constantly and continually. We have uh, earthquakes. When you see earthquakes, you're fixing to see some more earthquakes, I can guarantee you. There's some more major earthquakes that you'll see right away. Look up. Wake up. Look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. Amen. You know, the world is in turmoil. Think of what these, these hurricanes have done to the economy. I mean, think of the, even in Houston, the businesses that had to close down. That affects the economy. That affects all of us. We are affected whether, I don't care if they live in Minnesota, they better wake up if, even if this hurricane didn't touch them because it affects their economy. It's affecting our gas prices. It's affecting those things that affect us. And so we have to, we need to discern these times. We need to know them. And the body of Christ needs to get serious about God and quit playing. Amen. So tonight I'm going to start in, and I don't know where I'll go with this. I know the Lord's going to really take this and use it. But I'm going to start in teaching a, a teaching on, uh, I'm going to call it prayer foundations. And I'm going to start teaching about prayer because the next thing that's got to happen in the body of Christ is we have got to come back, um, come back not in the sense of us, but the body of Christ come back to where we are a praying body. 
because we are not, we are more knowledgeable as far as revelation than our forefathers of the faith were. But we are, don't have the passion and the commitment to prayer and to the things of God that they had, and we've got to get it back. We've got to go forward where, where prayer is concerned. So we're going to start at the basics with prayer because we need a strong foundation where prayer is concerned. Now we've taught a foundation in this church for who you are in Christ. We've taught on prayer sporadically, uh, one lesson here, one lesson there, but we've never really done a series on prayer. So Lord willing, uh, we're going to talk about prayer for uh, some time uh, and, 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 and get a strong foundation for prayer and get right thinking about prayer so that you want to pray. Because if you think right of prayer about prayer, you won't have to have your arm twisted in order to pray. You'll want to pray. It won't be so. The church avoids prayer. The church avoids prayer. And the reason we avoid prayer is because we hadn't had success in prayer. You know, where the prayers of most saints are concerned, you've got about the same odds as you do of winning the lotto as getting a prayer answered. Why? Because, the, because we, we're praying incorrectly. If you don't pray correctly, you won't get your prayers answered. You'll be defeated. You'll be discouraged. You won't want to pray. It'll be a religious duty. It'll be something you just go to because, well, it's the right thing to do and you can't wait to get out of there. Uh, but, but when you understand prayer and that it's not a religious duty, you'll want to pray. Amen. Hallelujah. And when I teach on prayer and when I study prayer, it makes me want to pray more. So hallelujah. I'm believing for the same for you. We need a strong prayer foundation. You know, the purpose of the church is not good attendance. Hallelujah. Let's get a revelation of that. But the purpose of the church is to be trained, to be prepared, to be strong. If you look over in Ephesians chapter uh, 4, hallelujah, it says in uh, verse 11, Ephesians 4.11, praise God, praise God, not just good attendance, not just, um, not a social thing, not just a good, good bunch of good, clean, holy friends, but praise God, we are friends, but we're way beyond friends, we're brothers and sisters in Christ, but a lot of people look at it like a place where, where you can get some clean, holy friends that aren't going to the bars, and, 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 and praise God, we're not, but you know... <coughs> Hallelujah. Let's look in verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. What, what for? Why did he give them in verse 12? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the building up or the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so until we get mature, where's the, 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 the apostle, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher is to cause the maturing and the building up and the going and the going forth of the saints. So the purpose of church is not good attendance, but the purpose of the church is to grow together as a body to be an effective entity in the earth that affects this earth. We're to rule and reign. That's what Jesus, they say, Romans says, it says we're to rule and reign in this life as kings. We're the authority in the earth and we're to be having a tremendous influence on Tuscaloosa County. And we are having an influence on Tuscaloosa County in prayer, but we need a greater influence in prayer on Tuscaloosa County. And we can, ha we can have that. Hallelujah. So we need... <clears throat> Hallelujah. A lot of us in here have a desire for the move of God. We have a desire for greater glories, for greater manifestations. But the key is not uh, greater preaching. The key is not perfect Christians. Thank God we don't have to be perfect Christians. But the key is effective prayer. Amen? And so we need effective prayer. It's the next emphasis in the body of Christ. Uh, I heard, uh, I read a prophecy that was given September 15th or 16th by Creflo Dollar. He said the next emphasis in his church is prayer. Uh, Keith Moore said the next emphasis God's saying is prayer. The body of Christ is coming back to a place of prayer and we're coming back with revelation. We're coming back knowing who we are in Christ and we're coming back with a, knowing our authority in Christ. We're coming back to a powerful type of prayer that the, that the world has never seen and the body of Christ has never seen. Praise God. Uh, <clears throat> 
so there's a, there's a fresh anointing for prayer. So receive that anointing. Now, when you have an anointing to pray, it's easier. Amen? So there's a fresh anointing to pray, and there's a revival of prayer. And if we'll step into it as a body, as a church, we'll begin to see it. We need to find out what God said about prayer. We need to do more praying at home. Praise God. And, and, and you know, you, like I said, you're going to want to have more of a desire to pray. You're going to enjoy spending time with God. You're going to be effective, and you're going to have results. And that makes us want to go back for more, doesn't it? Hallelujah. You know... Uh, one of the reasons the church has decreased in prayer is because we've had no teaching on prayer or wrong teaching on prayer and our prayers became ineffective. Turn over to Isaiah chapter 56. Glory to God. I have a voice in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Isaiah 56 verse 7. This is prophecy here. Isaiah prophesying. Isaiah 56, 7 says, Even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon my altar, for mine house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. So uh, this house, this body of Christ, this, this, this house and, and is supposed to be called a house of prayer. This is to be a house of prayer. This is not a house of fellowship, although we get some good fellowship. It's not a place to to just come and uh, just uh, you know be comforted. No, it's a it's a play, it's a house of prayer. Praise God. In James um, chapter, let's let's skip that. Let's go to something else. Hallelujah. Praise God. Turn to Matthew twenty one and let's see where Jesus used this same scripture. Matthew twenty one and verse ten. Matthew twenty one ten. And it says, And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. And Jesus went into the temple of God, and he cast out all them that sold and brought in, bought in the temple, and overthrew the tables of the money changers, and the seats of them that sold doves. And said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves." So we see Jesus here. Jesus was not always uh, like having a little lamb under each arm and real meek and mild. No, Jesus got righteously angry. He got righteously indignant. Jesus did just what he told he tells us to do. He said in Timothy, he said, preach the word. Be instant, in season and out. Reprove, rebuke, exhort. You know, and so Jesus reproved some people. Remember this morning? Oh, ye generation of vipers. That's uh, reproving. He rebuked some people and boy, he was hot. But he wasn't hot in man's anger or in his own anger. He was the righteous indignation, that righteousness of God rose up in him. You can tell the difference because I've had it both ways. I've been mad as an old wet hen in my flesh. You know what mad as an old wet hen is. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Your wife isn't like that, is she? Uh, anyway, but I've been, no, I've been mad as no wet hit in my, but then I've been where something rose up in the side of me and I was, bless God, you know. And I was defending God and righteousness and the body of Christ and hallelujah. And you can tell the difference. And you know, that's a, that's a righteous indignation and it, 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 it has an effect. It works. The Bible says the, the anger of man worketh not the righteousness of God. But this kind of, um, uh, uh, anger, it works. And Jesus, um, Jesus rose up and he's talking here about, you know what he's really saying? He's saying, y'all are messing up the atmosphere of my temple, of my church of this gathering place. It was a wrong atmosphere. It was an atmosphere of buying and selling and trading and, and uh, you know, just talking about all sorts of things. And instead of being an atmosphere of prayer, and he said, my house is going to be called an atmosphere, of, a, a, a house of prayer. My house is, needs an atmosphere of prayer. Well, we need an atmosphere of prayer here. And the way we get an atmosphere of prayer is to have the saints start praying. We need 25 people. We ought to have 25 people in the prayer room. 
You know, I had I, I used to lead it, and I guess I'll just tell you not supposed to take things personal, but I took it personal. I thought, well, you know, they some of them don't come because they just don't like to pray with me. I, especially I said the men don't come because they don't want to pray with Miss Debbie. And you know, I didn't get my feelings hurt. I just said, you know, that's how it is. I took it personal. But I want to tell you something. I'm not leading it anymore and they ain't coming. Nobody's coming. I, I'm not going to say that, that nobody's coming. We hadn't been getting the results we ought to have. Amen. Amen. Why the house is not not being called a house of prayer? We need to get. You know what? We need to. You we need to get ourselves shake yourselves, folks, and start acting like God is Jesus is your Lord. He he. he, he we, but we won't come in and say money cometh, but we lay in bed late. We won't come in here and say money cometh and and yes, Pastor Overflow. Woo-hoo, 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 Jesus, you're gonna overflow in my life. And then and and uh and uh what did we do? We we got on the computer that morning. We watched TV that morning. Didn't come to prayer. Or the, on Sunday afternoon. Didn't come to prayer. It ought to be full in there. And we're having united prayer. Anybody can do it. There's no rules. I mean, it's just get in there and pray. Pray however you pray. Pray mild, pray soft, pray messy, pray uh, pray good. We don't, just pray. Amen. And like I said, Brother West is leading it. And so you don't have to worry about Miss Debbie. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we're just, we're not thinking. We're not thinking what we're supposed to be doing. What we're supposed to be doing, well, I just can't get ready that early because it actually means you need to get here at 10 till, 10 till 10. Well, did you ever think about laying your clothes out the night before? Did you ever think about ironing your clothes the night before? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you ever think about changing your plans on Saturday night? We're talking about Almighty God here. We're talking about we're talking about that we have a responsibility to Tuscaloosa County, and boy, we want to see people saved. Oh yeah, we want to see the glory. We want to see this church grow. Well, what are you doing to help us? What are you doing to help us? No, you just want me and Pastor to do it. Well, this is just about as far as it goes. Well, and I know there's people in here that have other duties, but I can tell you, you ushers, your other duties not to lean up against that wall and talk. I mean, last week I had to ask for water, not condemning anybody, but that just means the ushers weren't doing what they're supposed to be. Week before that, I had to tell Jonathan, pick the money up at the front of the church. And the ushers are leaning against the wall back there. Slap yourselves. Jonathan's not supposed to be having to pick the money up at the front of the church. There's kids everywhere. You getting a whipping? Yeah, kind of. But I love you. Amen. This morning, we, we prayed, we were praying, 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 and this happens nearly every week. We got quiet because the praying was over. We couldn't even listen to what God was saying because there's people parked outside that door yapping. Be forewarned. The next time that happens, me or Brother West is coming to the door, and we're going to stomp our foot and say, Scat! Like Pastor said, we got 9,000 square foot. Get out of the entryway so the greeters can do their job and get out from in front of that door. Get up here. Get in the seats. Go in the hall. Now you're the leadership. You can take this. Because everybody else stayed home tonight. Because they got a I'm scared sticker on their bumper. (laughs) That's true. Well, they can put, I never, you know, I was the only one afraid in West Texas of thunderstorms. When I got here, I was like, wow, when I got to Alabama, I never saw so many scared people of thunderstorms and rain and hallelujah. Hallelujah. Family, we won't go the next degree of glory. These are things that have to be changed, that have to be cleaned up. We've got to have an usher team that functions, that shows up early. The worship team does. That just means you don't think of yourselves. You're not seeing yourselves who you are. You don't see yourselves called. You don't see yourselves anointed. You don't see yourselves responsible. And you know you're just making everybody else in the church responsible. Mostly you're just making me and pastor responsible. I've seen, I have literally had Bibles and other materials and I'm trying to get in the church, and pastor's trying to get in the church, and we come in, the ushers stand there talking. It happens all the time. I've actually had ushers or other members. You don't have to be an usher to have a brain. I've had other members open the door for us while we struggled in. 
But they don't come out there and help us get out of the car. And, and I usually always bring in a truckload of stuff to church. This is not visitation. We have some of that, and we'll have some good visitation. But we take care of our responsibilities first. We take care of what God's called us to do first. We become a, ho a house of prayer. Because, you, folks, I don't know about you, but I, I, I want to go further. I want to see people healed. I want to see this place full. The way you see it full is, you know, there's people in this church that are members of this church that have to be prayed in every week. Dear God, they're so messed up. Excuse me, but that's the truth. That literally somebody's got to pray them into the building every week. Members. That's not talking about the world out there that needs to be prayed in. Members that have to be prayed in. Well, uh, well, Pastor, you're responsible to do that. I don't think so. I don't think it's just us that's responsible to do this. Hallelujah. Ooh, I know y'all would love tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you got to clear out the past sometime. And you know, Pastor and I, we, you, <laughs> hey, we didn't even, we've, we, we've seen this and we hadn't had any unction to say anything. But boy, all of a sudden this morning, it rose up in me. It rose up in me. I tell you what, I was just like a, you know that, you know those horses, how they'll get to, <laughs> I was just like that in the prayer room this morning. Because it, boy, whoo, it was righteous indignation. This is not Debbie. This is, this is God's indignant. God's indignant at y'all. He's indignant about this. God sent us this man to help us. Well, yeah, good, so he can do it. No. No, to go another place. Hallelujah. We're moving to a new level. You don't come to usher's meetings anymore. You need an usher. I'd rather have one trained than three untrained. And we put that in the bulletin. Hey, praise God. Brother West going to train the ushers. Now, you can be glad of that. I'm not going to be there. Besides, as soon as I've got this out, I'll be just like, oh, you're wonderful. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you are. You're, we love you. You're the apple of our eye. Hallelujah. You're the apple of God's eye. There's no condemnation. He loves you. But there's a bunch of people in this church that are supposed to be leadership that are playing around. They're missing as many Sundays as they're uh, coming. They're hit and miss on Sunday night. They're hit and miss on Wednesday night. And it's mostly miss. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. The, and we're sitting there, oh God, make me master and ruler over much. Okay, when you going to get faithful over little? When are you going to get faithful over prayer? You, some of you know God's called you to prayer. What are you doing? And you know, with the people in the church, they want us to... They're not here tonight. I wish they were. But there's people in this church, well, we ought, we ought to have prayer groups. We ought to have, you know, we'll, we, we can't... When are we going to trust you to lead a prayer group in your home till you get yourself in there? And we can see you be faithful there. Amen. A lot of people want, oh, I want to be on the worship team. We'll come in the prayer room and we'll see if you can even make it to church by 10 till. Because these people are here at 9.30 or 9.40. I don't know when they're here, but they're, they were here this morning when I got here. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. There is no promotion in God without being faithful. And you say, well, my job gets in the way. Well, have you, some of you need to get that country and western song out that says, take this job and shove it. And you need to tell your boss, take this, take this job and shove it. Hallelujah. And believe God. Because if you're not careful, you're going to be work, working on rapture Sunday. And I think it's going to happen something like this. At least it would if I was God. The call... <laughs> The call of the chosen and the faithful, we'd, I'd suck them up. And I'd let the ones that hadn't been faithful sit there a minute and worry. And then just right before the call of the chosen and the faithful disappeared from sight, I'd suck them up too. But I'd let them sweat. I'm telling you, it's not as... But, you know, you're, we're like, oh, no, but God's going to be merciful. Well, you know, it's not as cut and dried as you might think. Listen, I'm just, I'm just like Jesus tonight. I'm overturning tables. And they need to be overturned. I'm telling you, praise God. Hallelujah. Well, we're called to prayer. Praise God, I ran out of that, so aren't y'all glad. 
Thank you, Jesus. Turn to with me. Uh, so God, Jesus is turn, talking about an atmosphere here. Praise God. He's not talking about us having a hushed faith. Oh, let's all come in. Let's all be really quiet. No, that's religious. He's not talking about a hushed atmosphere. Hallelujah. He's not talking about, but he is talking about us coming in beside, with something besides Alabama football on our mind. Now, I like Alabama football. I tell you what, I don't know what happened to me because, well, now, I always like to watch my kids play because, you know, you got an interest in it because your kids are there, you know. So I always enjoyed that, baseball, football, soccer, the whole thing they did. Uh, <clears throat> never let, it, let me just say this, never let it get in the way of church. And anybody that does is wrong. Let's just put it out there. I mean, we had to do some finagling sometimes. We'd have baseball game and we was having a camp meeting or something. Boy, we'd be like we was trying to find somebody to pick up, you know, and we had to do some juggling. We'd had to believe God. We had to get in faith. Hallelujah. But you don't use some, some parents like, oh, I got to be at every game. I couldn't miss a game. That'd warp my kids. No, your kids are going to be warped. If you don't get in here and get some, get the right stuff in them, it's not going to have anything to do with baseball. It's going to have anything to do, what it's going to have to do with is they got so much more worldly influence on them than they do spiritual influence that it ain't going to work out. And so there's a way to do it all in that sense, to do what you have to do, but, but to, to believe God and, and to work things out. And you know, there's been times when we just said, you ain't going. You ain't going. I know there was a time when, and y'all are just going to think, but you know, just the proof's in the pudding. The, just the fruit's there. <laughs> well, there's one time Car uh, Eric made All-Stars, and we said, nope. We done played for eight weeks, and we it's just, nope. We're going on vacation is what we said, and that's what we did. We went on vacation. Hallelujah. Well, they just about had a meltdown in Seminole, Texas. They never heard of anybody saying something like that. But if it ain't God, it ain't God. Hallelujah. So praise God. So we're to be a, we're to be a house of prayer. We're called to pray. We got to get our priorities lined up. And you know, there's people in here that are making the excuse that they've got something to do, and they're just doing busy work. If you're a children's minister, you got something to do one service. You don't have something to do all three services. So I just get on them while and get off the ushers. Aren't y'all glad? Hallelujah. And you know what, you, and y'all are wanting supernatural results in children's church, but you aren't, you aren't in there even helping us. Amen. You can't have a title until you, uh, in this church, we're not passing out titles until we do the works of the ministry and we do the works of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. James chapter 5, verse 13. Say it's just a little while and this will be over. If you'll just hang on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you, hallelujah, give you something to think about when you go home. I'm sure it'll give me something to think about too. Whew. Lord, don't let me think about this all night. James chapter 5, verse 13, talking about prayer. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Hallelujah. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months and he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit praise God well we have a great example here of the prayer of faith so we ask ourselves when we pray for the sick can we expect them to be healed yes absolutely is it God's will to heal Yes, amen. But you have to know the will of God before you can pray the prayer of faith. The Bible says in the Amplified that it makes tremendous power is made available through prayer. The Bible says, Amplified says the, the effectual, fervent, heartfelt prayer of a righteous man availeth much, makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. And so we find the word earnest. Our prayers have to be earnest. They have to be sincere. In other words, they're full of passion. It has to be heartfelt. 
The prayer is something that has to come out of the heart and not the head. Uh, it has to be, the, I, actually I left out a word, the Amphite says the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer. Hallelujah. It has to be a continued prayer. This is not, we can't pray one time a, a year and say, oh, praise God, hallelujah, I really did it, I really hit it over the fence. No, to do what's got to be done in Tuscaloosa County, to bring the harvest into this church, to cause the finances to keep flowing for this ministry is going to take continued Continued prayer. Continued prayer. But that continued prayer, that earnest prayer, that heartfelt prayer. I don't know about you, but when I go in there, I'm praying with my heart. I, I mean, there might have been once a time, one or two times in the last four years since we've been doing it, three years, I guess, since we've been doing the pre-service prayer that I was just out to lunch, distracted by something. But I go in there, I use my heart. I put my heart, I'd give, I put my heart in it when we do praise and worship. It's supposed to be of the heart. Our minds are not supposed to be wandering around. We're not supposed to be, well, look what she has on. Isn't that odd? Or isn't that beautiful? Or isn't that, look at her hair. She got a haircut. Look at that tie. Isn't that the weirdest thing you ever saw? No, we're not supposed to be, we're supposed to be getting our heart into praise and worship. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so it's heartfelt. And when, when it's that way, the Bible says it makes tremendous power available. It's dynamic. It says it's dynamite. In verse 17, he says, Elijah was a man subject to like passions. That means he was human, just like us. I think that's why, you know, the greatest example of prayer is Jesus. But I, don't, I think that's why James didn't use Jesus. Because somebody would have said, well, you know, it, that was Jesus, yeah. That was just Jesus. No, this was Elijah. He was a man subject to like passions as we are. He was just a human, and yet his prayers affected the earth. His prayers affected the earth. He affected the weather. He affected the weather. He, and, and we have, can have an effect on the natural weather. That's good that we affected the weather tonight, and we did. But something more important is that we affect the spiritual weather of Tuscaloosa County. Amen? Verse 18, he says, it says, and he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. And, 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 and it, the fruit of the earth. Have y'all ever heard that before? The precious fruit of the earth. We can pray, and that's what's going to cause the harvest to come forth, is when we pray. It's not when we teach good. If teaching good would have done it, we'd have done it years ago. Many years ago. Well, I mean, we talk good in Seminole. I'm telling you, we've always took, took it very seriously, what we taught. And, and Brother West, he taught good in Clanton. If, if good teaching, good teaching's not what does it. It's the effectual, fervent prayer. And I don't, God doesn't want the prayer. I don't think God lets it happen when the preacher's praying. I think when the body of Christ comes to prayer. See, we want what Smith Wigglesworth had, and we want what they had between 1948 and 1957 where they had that healing revival. We want that, but we forget the part. We forget the part where they had all-night prayer meetings. We forget those parts where they were praying. I know uh, Ruth Ward Heflin, not mother, Edith Ward Heflin, said every morning at 10 o'clock she had a prayer meeting. Well, when can we start? I'd like, I'd love it. Nothing would please me more to have prayer meeting every morning at 10 o'clock clock. Well, why don't you do it, Debbie? Because I'm in bondage. I'm bound to this church bookkeeping. Well, why? And, and when, when, when the church rises up and begins to pray and there's finances flowing like they ought to be flowing, which they're not because we're still carnal. We got people in this church. In September, you could see it. Oh, my, hurricane. Oh, my. And like Pastor said, people that gave 20 now gave five. People that gave five now give a dollar. What are you thinking? The only way out is through. God's a multiplier of money, but you're not, oh yeah, multiply it and then I'll give. That's not how it works, folks. This is a faith church. And so we got to see the money multiplied. We got to see the money coming, like, flowing, so we can hire the staff that needs. We, before we can go, we need, a, we need, a, a, we need staff. I can't pray till I'm, because I'm bound to the bookkeeping. Every Monday I pray. I say, I can't pray. I pray before I leave. I do all that. But, you know, I'll get into a flow of prayer on Monday, and I'll say, I got to go. I got to go. Well, you know, and Pastor said, why don't you put it off till Tuesday? Well, because there's bills that's waiting for the offering to come in on Sunday so I could pay them. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Amen. That is not how it's supposed to be. And I'll tell you, Pastor and I, 
And maybe we shouldn't have, and maybe we should have, but we've kept this church afloat for however many years. Our credit, our credit, our credit. And we've had the faith confession, and we've still got it. We've still got the faith confession, but we just made up our mind last week. We're not carrying it anymore. It's time. There was a time when the saints were immature, when the saints needed to grow. We need, but we got, we got. I mean, we don't. We ain't gonna carry it anymore. On our hallelujah, we got members that aren't tithing, and they bring their kids back there and drink our Kool Aid, drink our apple juice. That's a. I'm telling you, that's just a bum. Well, I mean, we're just letting the rubber meet the road tonight. Pastor can whip me when we get home. Hallelujah. He can get out his big stick. He can get the pink stick out like I get out after Jazzy. Hallelujah. Praise God. He wouldn't dare. But I, <laughs> Hallelujah. But, but I am subject to correction. Hallelujah. But we're not going to carry this thing anymore. Hallelujah. You'd say, well, yeah. But you know, people think, oh, they're rich because we have a rich confession. We do. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. When we, we believed God and we've seen great results, but we hadn't seen the results we need to see when you hook up with us, when you get in faith with us, when you start praying, when you start taking some of the responsibility in prayer and in your giving. We haven't altered our giving any. In fact, we increased this year and we've increased more than once in this year. Hallelujah. And we love doing it. We love doing that part. But we don't love, and, but, but I'll just tell you, you want me to just go some, you want me to go further? Hallelujah. He's drawing 2002 salary, and I'm drawing 2003. And that puts you in debt. Hallelujah. And we've stretched, hallelujah. We've wanted to stretch as a church, and we've had things in this church so that we could have nice we could have nice. We could, we've done more in the church than maybe you should have for a church this size. Now nobody, I tell you, until tonight, there wasn't but maybe two people that, in the whole world that knew that. Until, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now are y'all mad? Are we mad? No. And we're glad to do it. We really are glad to do it, but time for it's over. It's over. It's over. The offerings have, need to be, they don't need to be piddly little offerings. Amen. And you do that service after service after service. Now, we had, we, had, we had a good month, but let me tell you, an immature Christian says, oh, the pastor, you know, I asked pastor, I said, can we get up and tell this church? Boy, we had an overflow month in July, which we did, and able to pay a bunch of debts. The church was, and hallelujah, got ahead where we was paying the, the church payment before the day that we're saying, you know, got to go pay it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, and it was great, you know, and everything. But it's nearly like it felt like, and you just judge yourself, it felt like some people that used to press with us said, oh, you know. And they look around and they say, oh, it's full. But no, you got to remember, those new people coming in, they're still dollar girls and dollar boys. Because they hadn't had any teaching yet. Amen. And we're not making that as a, we're not confessing that because we're believing people coming in and dropping, dropping large hunks. That's not our confession. But an uh, immature Christian says, oh, I can cut back now. I've been pressing with pastor, but I can cut back now. No. No. And we got, you know, we, we got to pray if we want this church to go forward. If we don't, can we survive like this? Yeah, probably. But we could be hung right here where we're at and not going forward. Amen. I want to be a prosperity church, and I, my confession is all over it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, so we have an effect. We can affect the weather, we, but we need to affect the spiritual weather. And we need to affect the spiritual harvest with our prayers. I mean, we're getting excited now because we're getting a revelation that we can, be, we can walk over thunderstorms and tornadoes and hurricanes, and that's great. But there's a, there's a greater place to go where we have an effect on the spiritual things. Amen? And I'm just going to tell you, the body of Christ... The board of this church. Let me just get specific. Yeah, we need to get in there. The, uh, the leadership, the ones that are heads over ministries, need to get in there. Hallelujah. And we need to get in there with both feet. Hallelujah. So prayer is important. Prayer is very important. Prayer is not about kneeling with your hands clasped. 
but it's about an atmosphere or an environment. It's about an awareness of God. There's two sides to prayer. There's communion with God. There's communication with God. There's fellowship with God. Lots of the body of Christ knows all about this side. They know it better than we do. I could just name you the churches in town that they're really good. They're highly developed in this communion with God, communication with God. They have hour and a half worship, some of them, and they commune. Oh, I mean, they commune. And I've heard, I've talked with some of them, and they have, they have morning quiet times. And I, they, this, is, this is one side of it. This is a good side. We need to develop it more. Not that we have hour and a half praise and worship. I'm just not ever going to go there. I mean, I, I, no, forgive me, Lord. It, a move of the Spirit, yes, but just to, to do it, to be doing it, no. Anyway, uh, so there's that side. <clears throat> talking with somebody, talking with God, getting away from the talking to God and talking with God. This is that side. Let me ask you, which is better, talking with somebody or talking to somebody? Do you like it better when, 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 like, Pastor, do you like it better when I talk with you or when I talk to you? Amen. Amen. Do you like it when you can't get a word in edgewise with somebody? And, you know, sometimes if you ever got on the phone with somebody like that when you get off, Pastor said, I got cauliflower here. He shouldn't confess that. I've heard you say that. You need to renounce that right now. He already had. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Usually I go something like this. <laughs> Nice, nobody in this church, but you've gotten on the phones with people like that. Anyway, but so with God, uh, talking with Him or talking to Him, which is better? With Him. We need to develop that side of communion, of fellowship, of talking, of listening. There's a law of communication. You need to remember this right here. The one that knows the most does the most talking. That's a law of communication. Let me ask you something. Who knows most, you or God? God. That's the right answer. Praise God for that. Who knows most, you or God? Let's let somebody on this side answer. God. Hallelujah. So in your prayer time, are you doing more talking? Or are you letting God do most of it? Mm, hallelujah. We're learning something tonight. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Too much chatter sometimes in our prayers. See, if we want to have greater prayer... We have to have a greater awareness of God, of who you're talking to, and that He's listening. Amen? And then there's a second side to prayer, and it's doing business with God. There's the communication with God, and then there's doing business with God. Hallelujah. This is the side we're getting really developed in. As you begin to be able to take authority over the thunderstorm and to rule over your house with your prayers, then God will say, now I want you to speak to nations. Now I want you to speak to your county, to speak to your city. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. But He doesn't take us there when we're not even being faithful over the things in our family. We're not being faithful to pray over our children. Not speaking, doing business with God, speaking the Word, because Bible says He hastens over His Word to perform it. God needs something to work with. You give Him something to work with over your children. Amen? I've told you before, my grown boys, Psalm 112, I speak it over them two to three times a week. My daughter-in-laws, both of them, I speak it over them. It's Proverbs 31, two to three times a week. They're virtuous women. They're, and you know, go through, I, and you know, I put my little own spirit, my heart's in it, I keep my mind focused. I'm not just reading scriptures trying to get through them. No, you don't want to do that. Then it just becomes a religious ritual and has no effect. But you keep your heart and you listen to the Holy Spirit. And I speak things out that I hear from God as I'm going through those things. My grandchildren pray in Ephesians 6 that they obey their father and mother, praying in Isaiah where they are the, um, uh, that they are disciples taught of the Lord and great is their peace and undisturbed composure. I pray for my uh, Colin and Chris that they'll be, that they'll have wisdom to be parents in Jesus' name. The Bible says any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Well, I'm asking for them that they have wisdom to be parents. And, and you know, hallelujah, glory. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And it, it's a privilege to do it. It's a privilege to do it. But some of us are just not, not applying ourselves to those things. And then, you know, uh, there's times to speak over your finances and so forth like that. God speaks to our heart. In doing business with God, this is how it works. God speaks to our heart and we declare and decree on His behalf. 
We're praying in the Holy Ghost or we're just listening and God says something in our heart and then we declare it or decree it on his behalf. Not always having to fully understand it. Not always having to know what it means completely or even at all. We can get to a place where we know we hear God and we can trust God and we know that we can say something and we don't even have to have understanding. And if God wants to show us later, He will. Amen? We can go to that place. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 9. We're going to wind up pretty quick here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, the things that I've told you tonight, some of them, I, I, you know, I never planned to speak them. And this is not something that we've told you so you can go gossip to everybody in the church about, oh, did you know what Miss Debbie said this about salary and Miss Debbie said that about this? No, we didn't tell you. You know what? Here's what we ought to have. If they weren't here, they don't get to know. Amen. Mentality. But I will tell you this. We didn't tell you for that reason. We told you as a wake-up call, we told you so you'll take hold together with us. Now, Pastor didn't know I was going to tell you. I did tell him this morning, you better pray about tonight. Because when I was in the prayer room, and I was going like this, and I could feel myself on the inside. I don't know if Brother Eric picked up on this, but I jumped up out of my chair and walked to the other side of the room. And I was like, whew, man, something was rolling in me. And I knew it was the Holy Ghost, and I knew it was going to come out tonight. And I told Pastor, you better pray about tonight. But I didn't tell him because I didn't know. And I purposely didn't think about it all afternoon because I didn't want to meditate on what I was going to say. I kept myself busy all afternoon. I didn't want to think about it. Wouldn't let, my, wouldn't let my mind go to what I would say tonight. All I thought about was talking about prayer. Hallelujah. And, all, and got up in the pulpit and said, I'm, still, I, I'm just going to talk about prayer. I'm not going to talk about anything else. Hallelujah. So we didn't tell you that to get you upset, to get you worried. There's no need to worry. Hey, we've made it this far. Dear God, we've walked by faith this far. We're not going to, hey, we're not worried. We're not scared. We're not even upset. We're not mad. We're in faith about the whole thing. This is my year of overflow. Amen. Amen. This is your year of overflow, but it's a wake-up call to this church. Responsibility, and we've grown up now. We've matured some as the body of Christ. It's time for some other people to step up at the bat and say, I'm going to go with you, Pastor. I'm not just going to be behind you. Like one pastor said, the people got up to him and said, I'm behind you. And he said, yeah, right, far behind. That's your with us. Amen. So you got to go with us, and this is some stuff. We got to clear this crud out so we can go to the next degree of glory. Hallelujah. And we're going to look at Jeremiah, and then we'll end. Jeremiah 1 9 and, and, and 10. This is a, a prayer. Uh, this is, then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. I believe in God tonight that he's reaching forth his hand and touching your mouth. And the Lord said unto me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down and to build and to plant. See, before you can build and plant, sometimes you've got to root out, pull down, destroy, and throw down. Hallelujah.